millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my name is Kenny McIntosh, I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm I'm alright, yeah, considering uh, I watched Armageddon 2002 yesterday and then spent over 90 minutes with you and Sandra reviewing it after I'd sat through it. Well, I mean, the, re- the review was much less painful than the match. You know, at least yeah. we got to at least we got to have a bit of a laugh. Uh, I mean, at least you, I had to watch three stages of hell and then watch Santa with muscles. So yeah, I mean that was a a shift. Uh, I mean, I mean, if that was the assignment, <laughs> I may well be like tapping out on that one. <laughs> I've tried Santa with muscles. I mean, you 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 tried before. Yeah, I gave up. You couldn't stand it. Couldn't do it, but that, that was why I said, right, I'll watch it for the Monday Night Live stream because then I'm forced to finish it. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's 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 definitely the worst movie I've ever seen. It's because it's not even so bad that it's good. It, it's it's just it's so bad, and then you just get so bored, and then you contemplate what you're doing with your life because you just think there should be so much more to life than this. So, not a good time. Um. And this is it. I mean, we talked about this before. There's lots of things 
you know, if we if we if we both live to be a hundred, there's lots of things we won't have a chance to watch. <laughs> so why are we watching these films that we don't want to watch? I know. I mean, I mean it's yeah. like you see all these you see all these things advertised on like billboards and stuff for like all these different you know TV shows, great TV shows that are out there from you know Apple Plus and Paramount Plus and all that with really big name you know actors who are cutting their teeth with these roles, and we don't have time to watch any of it because there's so much stuff to watch generally in the world. So Santa with muscles just feels like you're really doing a disservice to yourself. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Hulk, that was another disservice to celluloid. <laughs> you committed so many of them. Don't, don't, don't do it again. And funnily enough, I mean, I I was sitting when I was trying to put a photo on Twitter of uh, the, the poster for it, I realized it had actually been brought out on Blu-ray. I mean, oh who, who the hell was clamoring for that to be on Blu-ray? Yeah. I mean, as you say, it's not even one of those movies that's so bad it's good. It's just rotten. Rotten to the core. It's, it's, you know, if you were to leave milk in the fridge for a month, it would be fresher than this film. But anyway, we've got loads of wrestling to talk about. But just for this, because obviously we can't, you know, we can't go too long today. We've got Power Slam later this week. But um, we will talk about the Ring of Honor way that they're going to produce content on Power Slam. We'll leave that till then. Because What, you mean the announcement of the TV show and where it's going? Yes. Okay. yes. I'm, I just wasn't going to say TV show because I know a lot of people are saying it's not a TV show. Exactly. But we will get to all of that because, look, I believe there's a good F. Martin rant in that and I don't want to... I don't want to time code... Time code I, I don't want to, uh, you know, curtail you to a minute or two. Exactly. I want you to go robot time constraints ruining that one no so we will get to that but um yeah so we were on assignment each so i've watched some of ring of honor final battle fans watched nxt deadline but we both watched uh smackdown and uh some raw from last night so let's kick off with smackdown this past friday and the big the show was based around kurt angle's return for his birthday celebration and uh, he was there with gable stevenson who seemed to have seem to have a similar sort of level of charisma to Tony Storm <laughs> by his I mean if, I mean this guy does not seem like he is you know people go oh maybe he's going to be the new Brock Lesnar or the new Kurt Angle I mean he's, he's definitely hiding some some of his charisma if that's the case yeah I'd say he's doing a good job concealing it if it's there mm-hmm. you know he doesn't, just seems like he doesn't really know what's going on doesn't really know which way to look or what to say, or what to do, and including one point when he was walking through the back after they said hi to Braun Strowman, and you know, you know, the classic thing when you're walking down a corridor in wrestling, you're meant to look straight ahead, and the camera's kind of slightly underneath you, and he just kept looking at the camera. <laughs> but anyway, so they were having a birthday party at the night. That's it. It's like when someone's been like interviewed on TV and a passerby walks out like, "Oh, I'm not telling." <laughs> That's what it was like. Um, so they, um, they, they had he had a birthday party backstage with such luminaries as Shinsuke Nakamura, Madcap Moss, and Emma, um, yeah. you know, all, all firm pals of Kurt Angle. Um, there was a great moment where we saw a, a, a child's drawing being handed to that said "Number One Dad," and it was Jason Jordan, and Jason they shared the hug. Yeah, that was a nice touch. That great. I mean, a very rare on-screen appearance by Jason Jordan, yes. who, of course, never comes out to break up the scraps. 
you know, when it all kicks off, when there's a big pull apart because of obviously his neck, neck, neck injury, wasn't it? Ken? Yes, neck, neck injury. injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but he's a producer. He puts the matches together. And um, such a shame that that guy, you know, never, you know, he suffered that injury, obviously, for his life. But for our entertainment, selfishly for our entertainment as well, you know, that we were deprived of that. I think he could have been such a big deal in the biz. And We were singing his praises late 2017, early 2018, when we was kind of, you know, really going for it. So, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, Angle was on board with that storyline. I mean, I know he would have done everything he could have done to put him over. And, you know, sadly, he suffered that career-ending injury. I mean, at least he's still working in wrestling. And, um, you know, good for him. You know, he's the fact that he's still there after all this time indicates that he's pretty good at his new job. Indeed. Uh, so the Kurt Angle thing culminated. We did have Alpha Academy trying to get into the party, but they weren't on the list, um, which obviously was very frustrating for them. The Street yeah. Profits ended up being uh, coming in afterwards and taunting them for not being there. So Angle comes out at the end of the show. He tells Gable Stevenson just to stay backstage and enjoy the party. He's got a big cake and there's balloons. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, so Kurt had his red, white, and blue Kurt Angle vest on. Um, mm. And it was actually an original WWF one. Oh, was it? Because oh. they actually had to... Because um, so, I didn't notice at some point that they, they'd seen the YouTube version of it. And apparently in the YouTube version is blurred at the right. top back of the shirt. And then when you watch it, it's like, oh, it must be because it's a WWF one. So they can't have that scratch logo. So I love. I thought, I thought they were allowed to use that now. Well, there must be rules to it, though, because I, 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 there must be rules as to when you're allowed to use it and how you're allowed to use it. Because there are some type. Because obviously, like if they were allowed to use it fully, then old pay per views would have the WWF logo, but they always have the the like, the WWE the WWE version. Yeah. So like, I think that they're allowed to have like you know. They don't need to blur out the turnbuckles and stuff anymore. But if you go on, if you go on the YouTube channel, you can see that uh, it's a blurred out the back of Kurt Angle's top. Maybe uh, it's a broadcast TV thing. Yeah, you can maybe. use it on TV, but on the network or Peacock, that's fine because yeah. that's a streaming paid for paywall service. So, yeah. I mean, because remember back in the day when they were having to blur like the T-shirts on the photographers at ringside or the, the T-shirts of the cameraman. I mean, it was just so distracting, wasn't it? Yeah, even the title belts. You couldn't yeah. see, you know, they had to blur out the logos and the belts as well. It was grim. But anyway, so um, of course the party is crashed by Alpha Academy. Um, they're just making fun of him. Uh, they tell him to get out. So he leaves and then he said, you know, if you're going to eat all that, because they're, they're just all, they eat this cake. And then Angle says, I mean, you know, what a cake, Kenny. I mean, that cake was a, a feat, wasn't it? A feat of engineering. Yeah, you're not I getting mean, that at Costco. <laughs> it was tremendous. So uh, Chad and Otis, they, you know, they sent Kurt, Kurt Angle packing and they started tucking into the into the cake. But of course, Angle wasn't going quietly, was he, Kenny? No, not at all. So he said... Uh, you're going to eat all that cake, you're going to need plenty of milk. And then we got a milk truck that came out, which Wade Barrett said, because Cole says, it's a milk truck. And Barrett says, what, from the 1940s? Um, and then initially they just started throwing bottles of milk or cartons of milk. And I was like, oh, God, please tell me they've got the hose. Yeah. And eventually we got the hose. And uh, Angle did a great job, actually, of hosing down Otis and Gable, who sold it like champs. And in the end, Angle and Stevenson stood tall 
you know, drinking their milk. So it was a fun segment, and the ratings seemed to bear out that people enjoyed seeing Kurt Angle back. Um, and you know, he didn't get humiliated. So no, no, he didn't do. And um, I, it always amuses me seeing Kurt with with Chad and Otis, and it's such a shame that we didn't get that little. You know, that little partnership between them earlier in the year that was at one point scheduled and then cancelled. And I think that could have been so much fun if Angle had played heel. And he always, you see him and he nearly cracks up because you can tell he finds Chad so entertaining. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, the only thing that I didn't like was we didn't get the cake going in the guy's face. Chad fell on the cake and it fell and it dropped off the table and landed in the ring. We didn't get that, you know, big cake scene. I mean, that's traditional Kenny wrestling. Yep. I feel yep. shortchanged by that. I feel like I've missed out. And what I mean, and what a cake! Fancy just being wasted like that. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, it was a fun segment, and um, Angle and Stevenson had their little moment. But yeah, Gable, Gable Stevenson, he was seen as this, you know, future top guy, and. I mean, people aren't really... I mean, I'm amazed he's still there. I mean, his name was brought up a while ago on the interweb, and the talk was that he wasn't making the progress, wasn't making as much progress as they would have liked from him. And I was almost expecting him to be quietly um, cut from his contract, but he's still there. But he doesn't seem to have that sort of instinct for TV performance. and He just doesn't seem to have that much charisma either. It's just... As you say, it's a Tony Tony Storm levels, um, so that's very disappointing. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe you'll get it, you know. Maybe it'll come to him. I don't know. <laughs> so well, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Um, but we we opened SmackDown with a belter of a tag team title match with the Usos defending against Sheamus and Butch. Obviously, Butch is there taking the place of Drew McIntyre, who is injured at the moment with a, a an eardrum thing, so he should be back in the new year. And uh, this was just another great match with the Usos in the Brawling Brutes. It was. I mean, it was terrific. It was tremendous. Um, and I love the way that it just built slowly to like a crescendo. I mean, it was just, I wouldn't say it was the perfect tag match because I've seen better. But I mean, as far as perfect for this slot on a TV show, I don't think it could have been much better than it was. Uh, it delivered so much action. I'm glad it didn't last any longer because had it done so, nothing on the show would have been able to follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, just so well done. Jimmy ended up pinning Butch after the 1D. Uh, I thought they really looked after Sheamus and Butch in the match. They had loads of offense, loads of near falls. Sami Zayn was at ringside. Solo Sokoa was there as well. So the you know the full crew, minus Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, the full crew um, were there. Uh, Ridge Holland was at ringside, didn't really contribute much, as usual. Um, So, yeah, a blinder of an opening tag match. Um, Yeah, really good. Yeah, and um, I mean, the thing about it is it take a little while for it to warm up because I think people have worked out that Jimmy and Jay are not losing those belts because they've held them for so long. They're not losing those belts in a TV match. So they were hampered by that, I think, at the beginning of the match. But the action was, you know, just so, you know, well assembled and everything just interlocked, you know, beautifully that by like two thirds of the way in, the audience were were reacting to everything. 
in exactly the way they should have done. So, yeah, a real achievement this match. Um, elsewhere in the show, we did have uh, Ellie Knight responding to Bray Wyatt and talking about how he's been, you know, uh, uh, ambushed loads of times. And it all leads to eventually him going to try and find Wyatt backstage and he ends up in a dressing room where there's a Wyatt t-shirt. The lights go out, he puts his phone on and he sees Bray in a mask and screams and and that's kind of your lot. How is this um, How is this storyline doing for you? Is it moving along at a good enough pace? Is it connecting with you enough? And is it making you want to see Wyatt and Knight in the ring? I mean, I think it is. I mean, I mean Knight, I think it's a great heel. He did a really good job Um with the, with the mic in the ring, you know, the audience are reacting to him in the way that they should do. Um, he claimed that he'd struck fear into Wyatt's heart. And then he showed this footage of him being beaten down on or attacked on previous episodes of SmackDown and then showed these little images of Wyatt masks in the background uh, when the beatings occurred. And that was his proof that Wyatt was behind these attacks. And then, as you said, he went backstage and then the lights went out and then Wyatt's there wearing uh, the scary mask. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, this is leading to a match. I'm well, like two over two months into the Wyatt comeback now, aren't we? He returned. Was it October 8th? Extreme Rules, I think it was. Yes. Yes, he did. So just over two months into this, he hasn't had a match yet. I mean, that's obviously going to be the moment when we realise you know, if this is going to work or not, because as I've said previously, I mean, the characters change, which I think is is good, but it's like, how is he going to rest? How are the matches going to work? I think Knight is a really good opponent for Wyatt because Knight is so good in the ring. And I think he's aggressive enough that people could believe that he might defeat Wyatt. And I think that's also important as well in this first big match that Wyatt has. I mean, it seems to me like maybe they're going to wait until Royal Rumble for the match. What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, I think Rumble's probably going to be when they're going to hold it off to. And I think if that's in the undercard, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, it's it's all going to be about how that match is, right? It's all going to be about yes. what feel different to before when it was just always kind of, when it got in the ring, it fell apart. So yes, hopefully there is, they've, they've got it figured out. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's... Um, I mean, I did a thing on on uh, Wyatt in issue twenty seven of Inside the Ropes magazine. Didn't actually write about him in the in the next issue, um, even though the the Wyatt Knight feud was in progress at that point. I just thought, well, you know, I did a thing on him last month. I'll wait until the next issue and then do something on it then, and then sort of pass judgment when we're a few more weeks into it. So it, I do find it interesting because it's unlike anything I've seen before. And it's moving along at a snail's pace. But I think that that is actually working. Um, it's not boring because we don't really know what's going to happen next. Um, but yeah, it all, you know, the success or failure of this all rests upon that match when it finally happens. And that match has got to deliver. And if it doesn't, then I think we're going to look back on it as like, mm, yeah, you know, he, he he's raised and dashed our hopes again. Hopefully that won't be the emotion that we have after Wyatt gets in the ring on TV. Um, well, listen, let's let's move on from SmackDown. That's probably the main stuff because we've got lots to get through. Um, 
I I got a chance to watch some of Ring of Honor Final Battle. I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. I basically watched the the top two matches, and um, I think they are worth seeking out. I mean, I think the the FTR and Briscoe's match is definitely the match of the night. Um, it's very bloody and it's quite violent, but I think that's kind of what you would want in a match that's like this. And I think the compliment to these guys is that to do a, a double dog collar match like this and not really be able to build it anywhere, because obviously the Briscoes can't be on Warner TV, it's kind of amazing they were able to do what they did and get the crowd as into it as they, as they did. Um, but I think I think this will be a match which some people like because of the violence and some people won't. But um, it worked for me in this regard, and I would thoroughly recommend it to people. Um, and then the Jericho Claudio match. Um, I think if you're if you're not somebody who's a fan of Chris Jericho, you're probably <laughs> not going to want to watch this. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that you know there's there's bells and whistles. We've got uh, you know. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker are there, so they're getting involved. And, you know, makes you think that, that Jericho is going to retain, but in the end, Claudio actually is able to get the win. And I think that having the kind of interference made sense because we've seen these two guys wrestle before. Um, and by having Claudio do the spin, uh, or or used to be the big swing, but the the spin, and Jeff uh, Jericho ends up uh, tapping from that was like he's never done that before, Claudio, and I think it made him look pretty good. So I was surprised that Jericho put him over in such a good fashion, um, which is a back backhanded compliment for me. But there you go. So, um, yeah. but but you know, look, he put him over in pay per view in the main event. Claudio uh, got a good match out of Jericho. They went seventeen minutes. They didn't go too long. Um, I think they could have probably went fourteen if you want to really be, you know, nitpicky. But I think that they the overall it was good. The crowd, the crowd were into. It. I think if if it was up to me. They should have put FTR and Briscoe's in the main event, though, because yeah. it it just felt Claudio and Jericho felt like that match that at WrestleMania it would have been really good halfway through the show, but when you put it on last and you've had something else before it that's stolen the show, it kind of takes away from it. So that would be my only my only complaint uh, about that one. But overall, I thought the matches the matches were pretty good. Um, I'm also quite happy I didn't get to see it, but uh, Athena has won the ROH Women's Title. Um, right. So that's good to see her win that. Um, I mean, because Mercedes Martinez, come on, let's let's give up the experiment. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that but that's kind of my summation of the ROH stuff. We can talk more on Power Slam about uh, their forward plans. Yes. But, um, you had I must confess, to... I haven't watched any of Final Battle yet. I have watched Deadline. I watched all. I watched that in its entirety. Well, and I've not seen any of Deadline. So let's just go through Deadline and give us give us the scoops, the lowdown on what you thought of it. So we opened the show with the women's Iron Survivor match. Um, so, I mean, talk us through, because obviously it was um, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Indy Hartwell, Kiana James, and Roxanne Perez. Um, yes. This is the first one of the matches. How was the match as a match concept? I, I mean, I didn't really like the sound of it, but it worked. I thought it worked so well. So, I mean, um, it was a five. There was a, a women's and a men's Iron Survivor Challenge match on the deadline show. So two people start. They wrestled for the first five minutes. Now, in that time, pinfalls could take place, right? So, you know, and then after every five minutes, um, a new wrestler enters the match, 
And the goal is to have the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes. But when someone is pinned, they have to go into a penalty box for 90 seconds. So that means they can't record any more pinfalls because they're in a penalty box. And then when 90 seconds is up, they can re-enter the match. So there's a real sense of urgency to almost to like every part of it. And that, you know, this is the thing, you know, we've just sat through those epic war games matches in which nothing could happen for like nearly half an hour. So it seems like you just watch war games and thought, we need to do the reverse of that. And that's essentially what they did. So it's all action. And yeah, it was it was really well done. I mean, it started off with Roxanne Perez versus Zoe Stark. I mean, I've never really been impressed with Roxanne Perez before. And and she was she was really good here. Uh Zoe Stark's tremendous in the ring, of course. But I mean, that opening five-minute period was the best I've seen Roxanne Perez look. Kiana James, even though she didn't win, in some ways this was her match because she was a bit of a nobody before this show and she had a great night. She looked tremendous. She looked so good. Um, I think Indy Hartwell, she seems to me like she's going backwards. She's not as good as she once was or maybe she was not as good as I thought she was. You know, that sometimes happens in wrestling, Kenny, where you, you have yeah. this image in your head of how good someone is and you think, hmm, you know, <laughs> I, what was I thinking? So, yeah, Indy Hartwell, I mean, she she was okay. I mean, she didn't really mess the match up too badly or anything. Um, but, yeah, the thing I liked about it was this sense of urgency, especially coming down to the 25-minute uh, finish of the match. And Perez ended up pinning Jade to score her second fall. Um, and then Cora hit a DDT on Perez. But um, Perez spilled to the floor before... Cora could make the pin. So Cora was at ringside and sorry, Perez was at ringside. Cora was trying to make the cover, but couldn't because Roxanne was at um at ringside. Um so I knew Roxanne Perez ended up winning winning the match with uh with two falls. So Booker T on commentary was just like he said, Christmas just came early, reality of wrestling's finest just pulled off the greatest triumph. So uh, Roxanne Perez is now the number one contender to Mandy Rose's NXT women's title. But Booker appeared to be totally overcome with emotion at Roxanne Perez's victory, Kenny. And I was thinking, is he acting here or is this for real? And, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a combination of both. But, I mean, he was the enthusiasm. I mean, it, he's, know, probably, he's probably thinking, you know, the applications to reality of wrestling are going to go up. He's just crying for the money he's about to make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but well, uh, it, it does. It sounds like the match itself. Because it, I mean, what I can. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of NXT. So I kind of hear it secondhand, and I've heard a lot of people say it sounds quite confusing, and it sounds like it's going to maybe not be that interesting. But I guess because it takes away the thing that we hate about war games, which is the kind of the large amount of time it means nothing yes because during this match you can get all these pinfalls and they all are contributing to the the end result so that's it that's it someone can be pinned at any time yes yeah, so somebody was like a head if somebody was like a head by a fall and yeah. then you pin them and they get put in the penalty box then yeah. you've got a chance to get a fall to catch up with them while they're incapacitated precisely so. i mean it's sort of like um i mean there were elements of king of the mountain in it but King, but King of the Mountain is really confusing. I mean, that's very <laughs> difficult to explain, is that match. 
I mean, this actually in execution, even though if you actually read the rules, there are the rules go on a bit. It's actually a very simple match to follow. And they had like the scores on the screen and they had the scoreboard up in the arena as well. So, I mean, you were kept um, notified of the score all times. I thought the commentators did a really good job of just emphasizing, you know, the, the the sense of urgency there was to score another fall. You know, it's like Cora was like so close to scoring that pinfall at the end, but Perez spilled to ringside so she couldn't be pinned. So Roxanne ended up winning it. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, really good. At, yeah, really good match concept. It's, um, you know, I was... <laughs> I was not convinced before the show took place, but now I am Kenny. And I thought the main event one was actually even better. Well, actually, it wasn't the main event one. The men's one in the penultimate slot. That was even better than the women's because there was more pinfalls, more action. Uh, Grayson Waller won. I mean, he's such a talent. I mean, such a talent. And I'm pleased that he won as well. He'll next challenge Ron Breaker. Um, it was presumably- it. JD McDonough, Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, Axiom, and Grayson Waller, right? That was the, the, the cast list for the men's one. That's it. That was the that was the cast of characters. And there was there was far more pinfalls in this. So that kept it moving um even faster than the women's match. And uh, yeah, I mean Joe Gacy, somebody have I mean, as a wrestler, he's okay. Um I'm not quite sure why he was in the match. I think it was others who should have been in there, but he didn't let the match down at any point. Um, Carmelo Hayes just feels like he's working his notice now. I mean, surely he's main roster bound shortly. Um, and this was Grayson Waller's match. He was just so he was on fire here. I mean, as a personality as well as a as a wrestler. I mean, he's such a great athlete. I mean, the guy can just do it all. And I think he should be the one, Kenny, to defeat Bron Breaker. Um, I'm not sure if these uh, title matches are going to take place at New Year's Evil on January 10th, but I think they are. I would imagine they are. Well, there you go. I, I, I mean, we'll see when the, the matches are going to take place. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going to try and check out at least one of the Iron Survivor matches over the next over the Christmas period. I think just to kind of catch up with it. But um... yeah, and just also want to mention um, a Pretty Deadly versus New Day. Um, New Day, they captured the NXT tag team championship from pretty deadly. I mean, that was such a great match. That was so good. Uh, and also just a, um, just like to uh, compliment Isla Dawn and Alba Fire on their match. Such an accomplished professional, such a smooth performance by both. And um, I mean, we had a little bit of a Papa Shango spot in it, Kenny, where Isla Dawn <laughs> put a hex on the referee and um, I, I can't decide whether that worked or it didn't. And we had, uh, so the referee was there doing the Papa Shango stuff thing. <laughs> and he's, he's, he had been like, uh, you know, she put a spell on him and he was unable to count falls. So another ref had to come in. And um, Dawn won after she'd hurled Alba Fire into an exposed turnbuckle pad. But I thought this was very well put together, like a really professional match. So, I mean, to be honest, the most disappointing match, Kenny, was Bron Breaker versus Apollo Crews in the main event. I think because it was babyface versus babyface, um, it didn't have that sort of, you know, that sort of, you know, that drama and that heat that a traditional face versus heel match with a big grudge, you know, has built in. 
and this was pace versus pace, so it, it didn't sizzle as much as the other matches. It was still a you know it's still a enjoyable match, but I think Grayson Waller versus Bron Breaker will be a lot better than Breaker versus Cruz was. And by the way, Grayson Waller ran in after the match and dropped Bron Breaker and then posed with the belt to end the show. So and that's it. I mean, yeah. this is like this is the thing about the Apollo Cruz thing is you can't really have someone <clears throat> who is a dud in the main roster for years. And then just bring him down to NXT and expect. I mean, you know, Braun Breaker has been handed to me some kind of unfair burdens. Dolph Ziggler and Apollo Cruz. Like, yeah, Joe Joe Gacy as well was a really tough tough ask for him to have like a main event program with Joe Gacy. Yeah, but at least at least with Joe Gacy, he's someone who's in the NXT system. So, so you know, sometimes he is going to face NXT guys. But when you have these former main roster guys who are just kind of they mean nothing. Then you put them down there. It's like, what's he going to do with them? Like, what's he going to be able to do? You know, Apollo Crews is someone who, yeah, he's a good wrestler, but he's got no heat. Nobody cares. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's a tough ask to, you know, you get these Iron uh, Survivor matches, which are quite exciting. You've got the New Day and Pretty Deadly, which is, you know, and, and Alba Fire and uh, Isle of Dawn. And then the main event is Apollo Crews. Like, it just feels a bit. I mean, I guess he's got to, he's got to be rebuilt somewhere, but uh, yeah, it feels like it was a no win position for Braun Breaker to be in the headlines. Yeah, I think as was the case with Final Battle, I think Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews should have gone on before yeah. the Men's Iron Survivor match. Yeah, uh, but there again, but had they done that, then Grayson Waller couldn't have attacked uh, Braun Breaker to end the show. So I understand why they positioned the matches in the way they did yeah. because you know th- what they did really had to take place. Because Waller's obviously the guy that's going to challenge Breaker next. And I think that will be a far more heated affair than Breaker versus Cruz. But um I mean I, I won't spo- I won't spoil the ending of the iron of the men's iron survivor match for you, but the ending was tremendous. Okay. Was oh, yeah, I've, not even read, I've not even read the finish, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm oh, it was so it was so good and it really it really just emphasized and um just illustrated just that this was a really exciting match concept. And the mm-hmm. whole way it ended was just like, wow, this is the strength of this match. Is what Waller did at the end just made it even better. And what he did is something you, you wouldn't see in any other match. So I foresee this being an annual event, Kenny, the Iron Survivor Challenge. There you go. I did hear from uh, when I was doing Monday Night Live last night with uh, Alex and SP3. SP3 did give some praise to Booker T which it sounds like it was great where, where he was saying that apparently throughout the whole tag title match, Booker T was basically giving the New Day shit, but for no real reason that you knew of. And then at the end, you know, Vic Joseph lays out, you know, now the New Day, the most decorated tag team champions with one reign more than Booker T had. So he throughout <laughs> the whole match been burying them in case they beat his record, and then as soon as it was, an, as soon as Vic Joseph lays it in, we find out that's why he's been burying him. So very rarely does Booker T deliver clever material, but it sounds like he did during that match. Yeah, I mean the enthusiasm he brought to the show was it was like Jim Ross in his prime. It was that level, you know. I mean, I mean a lot of what Booker said, a lot of the things that Booker says, you know, at times you're like, mm, what does he really mean by that? <laughs> you know, where's he going with this one? But I mean, the enthusiasm that he brings, and it feels genuine as well. It doesn't feel like artificial. 
you know, it feels authentic. Um, so I, I'm actually can't believe I'm saying these words out loud, Kenny, but I'm warming to the Vic Joseph and Booker T partnership. <laughs> Maybe it's just that with the, the the dread of Kevin Patrick on Mondays that you're yes. you're giving him a pass. Uh, that's it. In com- by comparison, it, it seems electrifying. <laughs> Uh, right, well, let's um, let's move on to Monday Night Raw from last night. Obviously, um, we've got some big talking points to to discuss. Um, Alexa Bliss is now the number one contender for the Raw Women's title. She defeated Bailey on the show, um, but she after the match when Bianca Belair was kind of offering her a handshake, um, she Bliss then wanted a hug, and then as she went to hug her, the Bray Wyatt symbol appeared on the screen, and Bliss set it up for Sister Abigail, but then kind of acted that she came out of a trance and she was back to normal. So do you want to see the end of this be that Alexa Bliss joins Bray Wyatt? I I'm, I don't know because, I mean, it was pretty awful last time around, wasn't it? So it is possible that if Alexa joins this new Bray Wyatt act, she could end up corrupting it. She could end up dragging it down. And um, I still haven't worked out yet whether this new version of Wyatt is going to succeed or not. But with Bliss on board, I think the chances of it failing inc- failing increase dramatically. Um, but it looks like that is going to be the destination here because they wouldn't have put all this effort into this Alexa Bliss behaviour in the way that she's acting strangely. I mean, there will be a destination here. You know, this can't just stop and just then be wished away and we can just pretend that this hasn't been a thing. It's leading somewhere because that's the way WWE operates. So yeah, I'm not sure really, Kenny. I'm I'm kind of dreading it, if I'm honest with you. Um but I mean Alexa is this character, it feels stale. She's been around for a long time. She's okay in the ring at times. Other times she's not okay in the ring. So I think she needs a strong character to really offset her shortcomings as a wrestler. So she needs something extra to be a contender to Bianca Belair. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do worry about Bliss versus Bianca Belair. I just hope they can pull this match off and it doesn't fall apart or, you know, it's not like a you know, botch marathon or something. So, but I, it really had to be Bliss because I mean, Bailey, Bianca Belair, they've done it to death. We don't need to see any more matches between those two. It really has to be Bliss versus Bianca. And I imagine when that match happens, then some big storyline development will happen or character development or uh, progression will occur. And we'll, we'll have a, I, I think we'll then have a very good idea where Alexa's going. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it seems like they're on a destination that I don't really want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> like I've won a trip to Torquay, and I'm 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 not really that excited about it. And um, I mean, the other thing that they're they're building towards as a destination, and I just I'm just not enjoying it. Is we we got the Miz here trying to steal the money from Gargano and Loomis that Loomis had had gotten, and then Adam Pierce comes out and orders Miz to give Loomis the money back. And then Miz said, you know, he needs the money. So long story short, Pierce agrees. Because uh, Miz is like, I'll, I'll try and win it back in any way. Um, so next week, there's going to be a rematch to get his money back. But um, it's going to be uh, double or double or nothing. So now he has to uh, bring more money. So now we're going to have this ladder match. 
and we've got the crowd chanting tiny balls at the Miz. Adam Pierce is telling the Miz to go and get his elf costume because they also have to. The other part of the deal of Miz getting the, the match to try and get his money back is that he has to dress up as an elf tonight and help Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis hand out Christmas presents. I mean, is Vince back? <laughs> what in the name of Christ is this? I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, you get one show a year where you're allowed to do rubbish Christmas stuff, right? That's yeah. That's the rule. You don't yeah. get it on fucking December the twelfth, um, and it just. I think the, the reason that this stuff stands out to me more in a bad way is because they're doing really good stuff as well. So you expect that they're going to other stuff's going to come up to that level. So it just doesn't, you know. Because after this, we saw Solo Sokoa against Elias, and Sokoa obviously demolishes him. And then after the match, Solo Sokoa is roughing up Elias. And Sami Zayn comes in, uh, and then to to help, and then Kevin Owens runs out, um, and Zayn sort of takes Sokoa away and says, "You know, you made your points. You know, is he not wanting Solo Sokoa to beat up his pal? You know, there's kind of intrigue there." And then Kevin yeah. Owens stuns Elias because that's the callback to the fact that he was feuding with his brother Ezekiel, which is all really good stuff. But right before that, we're watching Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis with a T-shirt cannon throwing out t-shirts to the crowd and then bringing out the Miz to chant tiny balls and get him to dress as an elf. It's yeah, it's... Um, I mean, the thing, the thing is, I don't know who's getting over. I mean, Miz isn't. I mean, maybe they've just given up on Miz now and that would be understandable because, I mean, he has had a good run there. I think he's only ever going to be a, mid, a mid-level mid player. I mean, at best. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the plans are for Johnny Gargano. I mean, they're waiting for Champa to return. Maybe they're going to do their matches or maybe they're going to do a tag team. I think Champa's going to be out for a little while. He's got like, they've just undergone undergone hip surgery. I mean, Dexter Loomis, he's somebody who, it took me a while to warm to him in NXT. It took actually for quite a while for him to get over there as a character. He did eventually. And I think he can get over as a, as a character on the main roster. But it, it can't be this silly. It can't be this frivolous. It's got to have, there's got to be direction. There's got to be a storyline here. And I think really Dexter almost really works as a heel better at first. And then he's somebody will turn face later. And it feels to me like they've, they've turned him, they've, they brought him in as a face. I think they've done it the wrong way around with Dexter. And I think he needs to be ominous. He needs to be menacing. And I think then people will warm to him after a while because he'll target a, a villain who deserves it. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they've ruined him. I'm not saying it can't work long term. But for me, Dexter needs to get bad. He needs to be evil for a while, Kenny. He needs to turn on Johnny Gargano and then be like this proper villain and then turn face. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that if, if they are waiting for Champa to come back, to me, that's, you know, I mean, I just don't have him doing this. Gargano is someone who, you know, I, I know he's, I mean, if this is all, if this is some sort of genius plan to lead to like the crowd booing him and then he turns because he's just doing such terrible material, then sure. I mean, I'm not sure that is the plan, but, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Champa coming back seems like to, seems like his saviour. It could be because you know, even if you had like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against 
Champa and Gargano next year. That could be great. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long Champa's out for. Um, I know he is training again. We did see videos of him training. So, uh, so, I mean, at least there's a story waiting for him, isn't there? You know, with Gargano, you know, teaming with the Miz and then potentially splitting from the Miz and forming the team with Gargano. You know, then Dexter going off on his own, as you say, then Gargano and Champa versus Zayn and Kevin Owens. That that could be a that could work very well for all four. And if Owens and Zayn are the ones who are going to dethrone Jimmy and Jay, then they're going to need new opponents post WrestleMania, at least once the the feud with the Usos ends. So, um, I mean, stuff. I mean, you've got to give WWE credit for thinking ahead. It feels like they're doing a very good job of setting things up for the future. Um, and oftentimes they do a really good job setting matches up for WrestleMania and then it drops off a cliff after WrestleMania. But it feels to me like 2022, 2023, they've got some really good stuff lined up for, you know, April and beyond. Um, and certainly between now and April as well. So, you know, that's that's heartening, Kenny. Um. Yes, I, 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 I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. Hopefully, there, there is a plan. The, the, like I said, the Owens and uh, Bloodline stuff with Solo and Sammy again was just really strong. Um, and then the uh, later on in the show, we had the main event, which was Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley to become the number one contender for Austin Theory's US title, and we had this uh, bit where the referee ended up getting in the way. Um, so the referee was selling like a leg injury. So then Lashley spears Rollins and he covers him, but the referee's kind of slow to make the count because of his leg injury. Yeah. Lashley's sort of screaming at him. And then Lashley goes for another spear, but then Rollins leaps up and kind of drops him with a pedigree. What a spot that was. I mean, it wasn't a full pedigree, but he, you know, he got enough of it. But yeah. um, I thought it was a really clever spot. Seth gets the win, and then afterwards, Lashley you know, grabs the referee, he's pushing him at the corner, he ends up accidentally elbowing a second referee, and then Adam Pierce comes out to tell him, you know, you, you can't do this, you can't do this, and Lashley tries to leave, Pierce won't let him, so he shoves Pierce, and then Pierce, you know, grabs him, turns him around, and says, You're fired. And that's the end of the show. So um I mean, overall I thought this raw was 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 fairly forgettable and a lot of it was quite bad. But the Lashley firing thing, at least as a story, um, but we are definitely in a in a holding pattern at the moment of kind of trying to keep things going until we get to the new year. Yeah, well, I mean, next week it's the nineteenth, and then they'll are they doing not? Yeah, they are doing one. Are they doing a raw on the twenty sixth? As of now, yet. Yes. Well, that'll have a Christmas theme. We know John Cena's returning on SmackDown on the thirtieth. Wee! That'd be great, <laughs> won't it? What an early... Well, not an early Christmas present, because it'll be after Christmas. But, you know, the knowledge that John Cena's returning, I mean, it's the best Christmas present I could have asked for, Kenny. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to have, like, a Christmas theme, I think, on the 26th. So that'll just be like, you know, that's the time of year. That's the one show of the year where, you know, the rules are thrown out the window and they can just do silly stuff. So we've only got that. We've got the 19th, and then we're going to be into January. And Raw Rumble is going to seem within sight. You know, it's just going to be like a few weeks to Raw Rumble. So I think these next few weeks will pass quickly and then we'll be on that, you know, road to Raw Rumble and 
it'll all start gaining pace, I think, Kenny. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, this is the casualty of by them not having a show this month. Yeah, it's not really a need to do much. Um, you know, and they've got they're doing little things. But I mean, you know, you look at next year. There's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of kind of jockeying for position to get TV time because there's going to be people coming back, whether it's old part timers or whether it's people like Cody who's out injured. Um, yeah. And yeah, there should, hopefully there'll be some exciting stuff in the new year. And you've you've made me now want Champion Gargano. So <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I'm coming knocking on your door, Finn. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, we 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 got more than our fill of them in NXT, but I mean that was years ago now, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it, on the main roster, it's going to be very different, uh, as it should be. It's not like they can wrestle thirty mini matches on the main roster, Gargano and Champa. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, what about Matt Riddle, Kenny? Looks like he's what's the word? So he's, he is, uh, he's failed a drug test. Yes, and he's also going through his divorce proceedings. Um, fairly publicly, uh, so he's. I mean, if you're WWE and you know, obviously Vince is gone. So if you're Triple H, you know, failing a drug test and having a very public divorce, I don't know if that's really going to make you want to put a lot of time behind someone. You know, so yeah, yeah, and obviously Riddle had this in UFC, didn't he? Yeah. You know, this- this is basically why he left UFC. So, um, you know, there's always drama surrounding Matt Riddle. So, I mean, yeah, they said, stayed on, was it SmackDown? I think they said that he's going to be out for six weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully in that time he can, um, he can, you know, make some steps in the right direction. And um, and probably he'll probably be looking forward to returning to work. Kenny, if he's going through a, a messy divorce, because that's a nice distraction yeah. from real life events, isn't it? And real life trauma and um, you know crises or um, heartache or whatever you want to call it. You know, work is a, a very good distraction from the real world, especially if you work in wrestling, because it's um, it's escapism, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it always amazes me time after time again. You know, you you, you work you work around wrestling. For so long, you hear all these stories, and still to this day, in 2022, there are famous wrestlers who are stupid enough to have these full-blown other relationships with people that inevitably end in the pub end in the public domain. That's where they end, you know. And it's like that's the risk that you take, and it's just a risk. That I don't know why you would take it. You know, it's not. You know, it's one thing if 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 you know somebody and their partner have an agreement. You know, I'm sure there's wrestlers and their wives or, or husbands or whatever who have agreements. You know, what what happens on the road stays on the road, and that's yeah. fine. But when people don't have that agreement, and then you know they they go and do their thing, and it blows up. You know, we end up it ends up becoming a story that kind of affects their careers sometimes. And that's obviously what's happening here with Matt Riddle, and um, yeah, it's messy, but. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, and it's always terrible when kids are involved as well and yeah. with the internet and social media and everything. I mean, obviously, this used to go on all the time in pro wrestling. And yeah. there was one very famous wrestler who um, who uh, who's, who was going out. Everybody used to talk about this. He was in a relationship with one of the Nitro girls. And you're like, isn't he married? Like, oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> well, how come he's having a relationship with one of the Nitro girls? Well, you know, that's when he's at work. 
And that's what people would say. You're like, oh. And people just talked about it as being completely normal. Um, so, you know, this is not uncommon in pro wrestling. You know, what's uncommon in pro wrestling, as we know, Kenny, or, or at least it was, maybe it's not like this anymore, but it probably is. What's uncommon in pro wrestling is, you know, for some guy not to play away from home. Yep. Or some, you know, or somebody, let's not just say men, you know, somebody not to play away from home. That's uncommon. Yeah, it's um it's it's, it's a different world. But um anyway, uh, we'll see if Matt Riddle in the new year can uh, can come back and sort of shake the, the stank of all that stuff off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I think I think it'll be the only the only way I see a big WrestleMania position for him next year is if Randy Orton's back and they can finish that storyline. But I think if Orton's not back, I think Riddle will be I don't think he'll be a high featured player at WrestleMania. Yeah. Just don't buy it. Well, I mean, he needs to heed this, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He needs to, you know, this is the thing you're working for a big company and it's just like you need to do these things privately. This is what needs to happen. Keep it private. And, um, you know, that's it. You know, do not, you know, do anything to, uh, to you know, can I use the phrase, bring the company into disrepute? I'm not sure if I can use that phrase, Kenny. <laughs> I was trying to think of the right phrase and there really isn't one, but people know what I mean. In their mind, they don't want you to bring them into disrepute. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, after what happened over the summer with a certain v- VKM. <laughs> we, we, we should actually mention, we might we might not get a chance to talk about it uh, on this week's Power Slam because we might have a chance to watch it yet, but tonight... In America, Vice TV, the two-hour documentary, The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon, comes out oh, tonight. Wow. So, um, talking heads from Vince Russo, Jim Cornette, loads of people are on it. So, that should be a very interesting thing for us to dissect. Yeah, well, I think we should we should probably cover it maybe next Tuesday. When yeah, we yeah. Both of our tags. I'm, I'm heading off on my travels for a few days, so I won't have a chance to watch it before we record next. But um, I will have a, I've had a chance to watch it by the time we record this time next week. Yeah. So we, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll figure it out and uh, we'll, we will definitely give it its full coverage because, you know, yeah. a two-hour Vince documentary sounds right up our alley. Fin. It certainly so. does. Uh, okay. Well, listen, I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. Uh, we'll be, you know, Patreon is, I say it every single week, I'm a broken record, but honestly, having the Patreon is how we are able to keep doing all these podcasts for free and also do the behind a paywall content where it's, where it's every day there's stuff going up um, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes and of course Inside the Ropes magazine uh, you can pre-order the new issue insidetheropesmagazine.com it's a, is where you can uh, pre-order the next issue you can subscribe on a rolling monthly subscription or you can pick copies up in Tesco WH Smith in the UK or select Barnes and Nobles in the US. So we hope that you enjoy it. Exactly. Um, Issue 28 is on sale in the UK on December 22nd. 20 seconds. You've got enough time before the train strikes on the 23rd to get in on the 22nd. Get your copy and get back home. Um, but yeah, Finn, I hope you enjoy your, your few days away. Well deserved. Thank you very much, Kenny, and I look forward to speaking to you next. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to watching that documentary and covering it next week. Indeed. So thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.